That's all I can say, yes. Honestly, what does tomorrow look like? I have no idea. It's not what I imagined it to look like. So I, Yeah, you've already got it messed up. Your tomorrows were vastly different. Yes. Um, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Okay. And knowing that um, I'm able to take that step, it's like, um, you know, it's almost like you're walking around a bend, but you don't know, you don't know where that bend's going, but you just keep walking. And knowing that I know who holds my tomorrow, I know that that he knows my destiny. He knows my destination. He knows where I'm going to go from here. I truly don't. I have no clue. Except that I'm going to walk in faith, you know. But are you angry at God for taking your husband? Oh, at first, way? yeah. At first, in fact, um. Because you're on a journey. You had a plan, right? And you had, and now you're, the way you describe it, yeah. you're on his plan. I have to admit, um, at first, very angry. And I'm like, I felt let down. Yeah, because you've done ministry. It's you've like, done only Lord, good. we were doing everything. Yeah. You know, even praying, we, honestly, we have seen healings. We've seen miraculous healings. So I truly... I truly was believing my husband would walk out of the hospital. Our church was truly believing. We had friends praying for us. I mean, we had friends, even Africa, um, you name it, different This is the JAR podcast where real people have real conversations. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the JAR. It's your host, Ken. I hope you're making the most of your today. It's a it's kind of a beautiful morning here in the Midwest, Central Ohio. And again, I'm in Willard, Ohio, and and I'm here with Belinda Peralka today. And we're just sitting on this beautiful, you know, beautiful farmhouse porch. Got the road behind us here. You can kind of hear the cars go by, and uh, we're just chit chatting, just getting to know Belinda and hearing her story. Um, and I think, uh, wow, she's, you'll, you'll hear she's got a quiet voice. Um, and you can kind of, you know, can feel, can feel the heaviness, I think, in your voice a little bit. Um, so she's had some tragedy losing a husband recently to COVID uh, after a long battle um, just two months ago. Or yeah. Just two months May gone. May 27th. May 27th. So just two, not even two months. Yeah. Um, Really difficult. We're talking about the loss and, and just uh, the the process around that and the association with the church. He was a pastor at a church. And so, you know, not just Belinda losing her husband, but also the church losing a leader. Yeah, and a special, a pastor, a special person, a special kind of pastor. Mm. Um, so that's a tough, a tough story. Yes. Um, and I hope some of that comes out in the jar and I hope a chance to kind of uh, talk about Talk about your husband comes out and, and the way he looked at things and the way you guys looked at stuff together. Yeah. Maybe, I hope he's here with us. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Belinda, why don't we get started? Why don't okay. you share a little bit about your your life? How did you end up here on this porch? What's that journey like? Okay. Um, well, starting out with my life, um, my life's been kind of interesting in the respect that as a baby, I was adopted out 
So I was um, adopted as a baby, and my parents adopted. They come to get me, just one baby, and they found out I had two sisters. We were in an orphanage in Lima, Ohio, and they actually ended up getting three of us, taking three home instead of one. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. I was raised. That's so nice. They picked up, they said, oh, we're taking the whole family. Yep. And um, they ended up adopting seven kids all together. So um, we grew up in a family out in the country. Um, We weren't farmers, but we had animals. So we were raised like our cow was our pet, our pig was our pet. I had an orphan lamb the neighbor gave me that I took care of. So we grew up on a on, out in the country, kind of a farm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then um, I ended up getting my own place when I'm young. You know, I actually got my first apartment. I graduated when I was 17, so I ended up getting my own apartment very young, and got a job. And then, well, life happens, and I ended up getting married to my first husband. I think I was 24, and then um, that definitely didn't work out. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that definitely, but you had yeah. kids. But I had kids. Yeah, so had yes. Kids. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I ended up. Um, I had five kids all together. Twelve grandbabies today. But um, one thing in my journey that I I noticed, and and I am going to bring it up because it's a big part of my life. Is you know my journey with God, my journey Mm. with the Lord. Um, Even as a young child, I can remember when we lived, um, when I lived with my family, we lived in Attica, a little town. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would get up when I was like nine. We weren't uh, like a, what I would call a Christian family, but we went to church maybe Christmas Eve or Easter. But there was something inside of me that told me, you to go to church and I would actually get up on my own and I would walk to the Lutheran church. And honestly, I don't know if I should say this on, on a podcast, I was bored. I was bored, but I knew in my, my heart, that's something I should do. And I don't know why, but even as a young child, I was drawn to that. So I thought that was different. You know what I mean? And I did that for probably, I don't even know how long for a while. But then I, I quit doing that. Okay. Um, but that's something interesting. And um, yeah, and you can't. You look back and you don't know why you no, did it. You just I don't. felt compelled to go. I don't. By yourself. Yeah, by myself. I would just get up and go, and yeah. I mean, my parents knew, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, of course, it's but, not like I snuck out. But, yeah, yeah. But you know, they didn't. You know, they didn't say anything. Yeah. Well, seven kids, you know, one's yeah. gone to church. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. They just, they got a lot going on with yeah. seven kids and a farm. Yeah. And well, we lived in town then. We moved okay, out to the farm later. Mm-hmm. And then um, another thing I was fortunate as we got older, I had my first daughter, she was about two, when we found our natural parents, which was a neat thing. And we found out we had other brothers and sisters, which was a neat story. Um, so I found out I had another brother and two sisters that I didn't know about. Half or full? No, they would have been um, full. Whoa. Yeah. And they were also adopted out? or They were adopted elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. They were adopted elsewhere. In fact, one sister we found five years after we found the rest of them. 
it took us five years to find her. And she didn't, did she know at all or no? Um, uh, she knew, she knew she but she didn't know how to find us. Yeah. And so that's amazing. You're, I mean, cause usually it's mm-hmm. half brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. No, they you, were our full. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And still in touch today? Yeah. In fact, my brother's coming up this weekend. Yeah. We have grand, I have grandbabies having a birthday and he's coming up. And that's I met. So, and they're yeah. all nearby? Not too um, far? My brother's in Cincinnati. My one sister's in Finley and one's in Columbus. So yeah. everybody's close. Yeah. And then the ones I grew up with, actually one lives in Willard and one lives in Tiffin. Yeah. I mean, that's wild. You could have mm-hmm. been hang, You could have mm-hmm. been having dinner. Mm-hmm. Well, you could have been nursing mm-hmm. your brother, yes. your full-on blood brother, yeah. and never known it. Yeah. And I, and I found out my mother was from Germany. Uh, my dad met her in the Army, and he, um, you know, married her. She was full-blooded German, come back to um, the United States, and she ended up dying of cervical cancer. And um, she was young. And it's funny because even despite finding my father later, I never met my mom. Yeah, yeah. um, Because she was gone. But finding my um, father later, I still don't know the full story. You know, it's kind of, yeah. But why he put every he put the, all the kids up for adoption. I think it was the circumstances, not so much something he wanted, but the circumstances we were in at the time. Yeah, I mean, you don't know his job and and everything else like that. It's comp. I, yeah, that would not be an easy decision. Yeah, so there was a lot I think going on too. Um, yeah, fascinating story though. But yeah, that's great. You found everybody. Yeah, yeah, it is. The wonderful part of adoption. Yep. So that, you know, that's a neat story that a lot of people don't know about me, but it's um, a neat story that not everybody gets that opportunity to yeah. meet brothers and sisters that we didn't even know we had. Yeah. And now you're, now you're seeing your brother today? Um, I'll tomorrow, be seeing tomorrow. him this weekend. Yeah, this mm-hmm. weekend. <clears throat> Fascinating. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of covers it. And you're a nurse now. I'm a nurse how, now. How did you get into nursing? Well, I went through a divorce and I had five children. Okay. And well, I'm like. That's a motivator. Yeah. I'm like, well, my job isn't going to cut it. <laughs> so I, I put myself, I actually worked two jobs and I put myself through nursing school. And I'm proud of that because a, it wasn't easy wow. to do. Yeah. That can't be easy to yeah, do. Yeah, it wasn't. But when I look back, it's like, how did I do that? You, yeah, it is amazing, right? When you yeah. realize, like, sometimes when we're older, we look back and like, how did I do all that I at know. one time? <laughs> yeah. Um, very interesting. Well, let's get into the jar. Okay. Um, you know, I think um, it's a great chance. Great, great intro. And really, that's a kind of a cool story. Yeah. Kind of a cool story. Let's see if I pick out a, what I pick out. Let's see here. And just pass oh, it to wow. me and I'll, and I'll read it for you. This is a, that's going to be a different one. Yeah, we're going to get some fun ones, I think, with you. Take a deep breath. Hello, everybody. It's your host, Ken. I'm really excited today to be able to share with you that we have signed with our first partner. And not just our first partner, but our partner of choice. You know, when we started the podcast, one of the things for me that was really important, it's kind of a driving force, is that everybody has a story every story deserves to be heard 
and it deserves to be heard without judgment. And in their sharing in these first 90 days, we've had lots of stories of trauma, addiction, abuse, but as a testament to the human spirit and so inspiring for me, is that everybody is on the road to recovery. The reality is, is that no one has done that alone. And that's why I'm really excited to share with you that we're now sponsored by BetterHelp. And BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. And you talk to them in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise inside the 20,000 plus therapists that they have. You simply fill out a questionnaire so they can assess your needs. And within about 48 hours, you're gonna get matched to a therapist. Schedule a video, phone sessions. You can even have text messages with your therapist. So really you can interact with the therapist in the way that you're most comfortable at the times that are most comfortable for you. And I really love that kind of privacy and the convenience. And there's more than 2 million people who have taken advantage of this and, and helped out their mental health uh, with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. We spend a lot of time and a lot of money investing in our bodies, our hair, our teeth, our eyes, you know, but we really do neglect our brain, our mental health. And I think it's, you know, I think it's great to have this opportunity, even if you're not in a depressed state or an anxious state, I think it is, there is some value to talking to a professional who can help keep you in that space. And that's why they've given us a special offer to JAR podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the JAR. That's betterhelp.com slash the JAR. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Once you've decided to let go of the past, do you feel lighter in your heart, more calm? This is a tough one because, wow. Yeah, I think, I think I do, but the hard part is with the recent loss of my husband, it's funny, I got this question actually because I feel like a lot of the past is coming back up again, if that makes sense. How so? Um, losing my husband and having lost my, my son. My son. Okay, your son, yeah. And trying to deal with that and knowing what that involved. So some things that I put behind me, like my past, I'm done with, you know, and I, and I do feel lighter in that respect. Mm. But to say, wow, this is a almost like a catch two question because yeah. at the same time with what I'm going through now, some of the past is coming Even back. Even though you let that it go. I, yes, that I have to kind of deal with it again. And on a different level, though, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. That's interesting. You put it past, you felt good, you, you buried your son, you're past that best you can. And now all that comes back. You feel like also your son's, the things you put in the past with your son, that you're going to relive that, some of that as oh, well? Oh, I have, yes. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you have to mourn your son as well as your husband. Yeah. Because it just brings up that journey again, walking through that, that grief process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to go through all that again. Understand. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. But I feel a lot of things that was in my past I did put behind mm-hmm. me because that's the only way you're going to be able to go forward is to, to oh, put yeah. some of that stuff back. And I think that's why... Um, we even talked about earlier, you know, this time walking through grief, I can let it paralyze me or maybe because of what I dealt with with my son, I, I can't let it paralyze me. It's like I know I just got to face the hard stuff and just I have to. Yeah, you were sharing that before. that. Yes, and go through it. Because you know you have to go through it eventually. Yeah, I can do it today, or it's going to catch up with I, me in a year. It's it's not. It's you can't get around it. You have to go through it, and it's something only you can do. Like I have family. Only you can do. My kids are with me, and they've been wonderful, but they can't they can't go through that journey with me. Not that personal part of it. Yeah. Let's try another card. Okay. I'll just kind of give you a little prompt when we're at the right spot to just grab another one. Okay. I'll invite you to the jar. <laughs> okay. And, and if you feel you're at the natural spot where you're kind of done with a thought, you can you can okay. go ahead and, and and start a new one. Oh, wow. Is there someone? Wow. Hmm. <laughs> That's tough. Is there someone who you wish could forgive you? You know, this is a tough one. Because, you know, sometimes you think of things and it's just you. Like, when I think of what my kids went through, you know, as I was raising them by myself Mm -hmm. and... You know, like I, I know I've had talks with them like, man, when I look back, I would have done this different. I would have done that different. Like even time with them. You know, like I said, going through school, the jobs. and But, you know, sometimes I feel like I hurt them with some of my choices. Mm. But even my son, like it's funny, we were talking. He goes, Mom, we didn't turn out bad. You know, and I think it's just me, you know, thinking of that. But the only thing I can think of is like, gosh, my kids, what I probably put them through, you know, as a single parent. <laughs> I didn't expect that one. <laughs> but you did it for the right reasons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but looking back, I'm like, was it worth working two jobs? Was it worth doing things. I mean, I don't regret going to nursing school, but I think I did it at a hard time. Like I relied on my two older kids. Mm. They babysat a lot so I could do things. Because you could do stuff. Mm-hmm. So I could get through. And I mean, I would do things different, but yeah, that was that one hit me harder than I thought. <laughs> well, especially when you think about <clears throat> having to make those choices and go to, you know, go to school 
and go to job and look at the kids and yeah. say, see you later. Yeah. But they all turned out good. They really they did. They turned out okay. Yeah. And they have their own families. <clears throat> and, you know, I just think that, but, you know, it's like I think I, I have more guilt than they do. But honestly, is there someone who you wish could forgive you? I don't know. I mean, I've tried not to hurt people, you know. Hmm. I'm sure I have. But I, do, I can't answer that. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. I think... Yeah, let's... It's a great question, though, for you. <laughs> oh. I, 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 like, I, I never realized that... <clears throat> also, I never would have put that that thought of myself about the sacrifices you make for work and the impact to the kids. You know, because I'm sure there were times there they were... Sh I was there and... But I don't know that they, it's it's weird because I don't know if they feel the same way I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kids are resilient though. Oh, wow. This is a good one. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who's homeless and living on the street? Yeah. Many times. Okay. Many times. Sure. Um, me and my husband, well, he actually. Oh, that's right. You're in the ministry. Yeah. Okay. He actually helped with a, um, a couple places with homeless. In fact, were involved in Ashland with a homeless um, thing called Access, where like certain churches take a month and they help the homeless trying oh, to get back okay. on their feet. Okay. But there was also um, a place in Mansfield. Mansfield has quite a few homeless. And, oh yeah, and we, we've talked with them and everything. And the funny, the funny thing is um, a lot of them, are homeless by choice. Like, like, I'll use an example. One gentleman that we talked to, he has a home, but the home was so bad that he did not want to go back to the home. He actually chose to live on the street. Because the home was me too, mm -hmm. too impossible mm -hmm. to keep mm -hmm. up, too just yeah. too messy inside, couldn't, yeah. couldn't keep up. Uh -uh. Is he older or younger? No, he's probably in his 30s, early 30s. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think a lot of homeless actually are people that got lost in the cracks, too. Yeah. That we met people struggling with addiction, um, mental issues. A lot of mental issues, mm -hmm. right? And, um, wow, yeah. Even in Willard one time, we, uh, you know where Myrtle Street is down that yep. middle where they have that, like, the... I don't know what you call it, the grass, and you have your road the, going this the way. The park, down there by the park. Not the park, <clears> but <throat> right actually on Myrtle Street, okay. where it's divided the street. Me and my husband were going by there one time, and we saw a group of maybe three three young people, three young, three young guys. And we were going by, and I'm like, I wonder what their story is, because they were sitting there. They had their backpacks, sign, need money. So we turned around. And we went actually to talk with them just to hear. What's your story? Yeah. What's going on? So we, we went and talked to him. We, we asked him, what's your story? What, what brought you here? What are you dealing with? And we found out they were actual kids that chose to leave home. And they, they were considered homeless by choice also. And they actually would jump on the trains. Oh, they were like, hobo, like a hobo, like the old-fashioned hobo. But they, they were doing it for more for adventure yeah, yeah. and something to do. And it was interesting to hear their story and, and them telling us things that they did. And they weren't, you know, they 
they were actually having fun. Yeah, they you were know, on a, they, they were, were doing on an things. Adventure. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to hear that story. Yeah. Oh. And just taking the time to stop and you know, we we always like to do stuff like that. We would stop and just if we saw an interesting, you know, thing like people or something going on like that, we would want to find out what their story was and just kind of, why are you here? Why are you doing what you're doing? And it was kind of neat to see that. Yeah. Oh, that's so open. Mm-hmm. That's real ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Turning and then, around and go, <laughs> like usually I try to avoid, you know, your instincts, your human instincts mm-hmm. are to avoid that. No, we actually sat with them on the grass. Cars going by us, and we're sitting with them talking. And we ended up going to McDonald's, grabbing some food, and eating with them, and everything. It was really fun. Oh, that's it was a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's inspiring. <laughs> Trying to kill flies out here on the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real thing. Um. Yeah, usually I think people try to avoid homeless people and people with cardboard signs, so that um, makes you a little makes you a little different. This is a good one too. <clears throat> do you plan what you will do each day? Honestly, there was a time I did. Like, well, when I get back to work, I probably will be yeah. more in the planning stage. But honestly, my life since November has been totally, honestly, yeah. <laughs> messed up. I, it's like, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, from November to um, Cleveland, well, let's say from November to February, when my husband was in Mansfield Hospital, literally, I lived there 24-7. I slept in a chair be- beside his bed every night. I, um, you know, only went home to take a shower and um, when I had to, you know, I, but I was with him literally all the time. And then he, when he got transferred to Cleveland, I didn't even know where I was going to stay at first. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. but, you know, you go. It's like I had no clue what I was going to do. And then they, they ended up having a place called the Transplant House in Cleveland that um, the first night I stayed in a bed and breakfast somewhere in Little Italy because it was near the hospital. And then after that, I got into the transplant house, okay. which was a big help because then I had a place to stay every night. And um, I still had to, like, pay to stay there, but it was more reasonable than trying to go anywhere like else. Like a hotel or something. Because mm-hmm, the hospital wouldn't let you stay. He was in ICU that whole time. And... um so the good thing with the transplant house is, you know, you had a safe place to go. They would shuttle us back and forth. There was a bus that would pick us up to go back okay. and forth to the hospital. So you didn't have to worry about paying the parking fees every day. And mm. it took a load off there. And you're with other family members, like a support group of well, other people or no? What was that like? There, Yeah. I mean, there's a support group. I... I'm more of an introvert, believe it or not. Um, When I deal with things, I usually am better off to be by myself to think about it than be around a lot of people. But there were people, there were people there for sure um, if you, if you wanted to go that route. Okay. Okay. And, um, but they were very helpful. Like even every Wednesday, they would provide a meal for us. 
you know, because we were pretty much on our own. We had our apartment. We come and go as we please. Mm, we provided okay. our own food. But they were there. They were there if we needed something. Mm. And honestly, they were very helpful. It's just for me personally, I, yeah, I just was better off to deal with it, I think, on my own. And then I would have some of my kids would come and spend the night, you know, occasionally or the weekend with me and, you know, visit my husband also. And But it's like during that time, it, it's like, yeah, since I've been even home, my plans have went out the window. I don't even know what I'm going to do from day to day until I get back to work. And then it, it'll probably be more be like structure. A, it does seem to be like work is a good place to go. Yes. Because otherwise yes. you really are just wandering in a, in, a, yeah. in a dark. You can say that. Just kind of stumbling around in a dark room. Yeah. Yeah. Probably you want to get back to work. Yeah. And being a nurse, I want to make sure my mind is focused to be able to work. You know, it's like you, you want to be focused on what you're doing, too. Can't make mistakes. Yeah. So, and just trying to take care of things like with the church and with even my personal life before I go back, there's just a lot of stuff you got to deal with mm. and work out and work through. And then I can get back to work. Yeah, I imagine it's different being a nurse. You, you got to really... You can't be half, half there. Yeah, yeah. Also a bit of pre. It's also a bit of weird pressure, right? You can't, mm -hmm. you know. Oh yeah. Have you ever touched souls with another person? Well, I hope so. Being what I do, that's <laughs> I. I really hope so. Um, I think that we've changed a lot of lives. Me and my husband together. Yes. Um. I know he definitely has made an, an impact for people. I mean, even for his funeral, it was so packed. It was like there was more people there than I was so surprised at how many people come. And hes I'm still hearing how the impact I know he has made. And I like to believe that together, that we, we touch souls. And, and, I mean, that's what ministry is about, to touch other people and make an impact in their life mm. for the good. You know, obviously you want them to lead them to the Lord and, you know, to go down that path. But if anything, to, to impact somebody, even in ways to let them know that you matter, you, you are valuable, no matter what road they choose to go. But some people think, you know, they need to know that they're very important mm. in this world today. So many people are going through and they don't, they feel like they don't matter to people. And if anything, I think that's one thing we've tried to impact with people is you're valuable. You're valuable to us. You're you're valuable to God. I mean, he died for you, you know. But a lot of people don't see that. And a lot of people, you know, um, gosh, I think it's really a cruel world out there today. You know, you're taught to to stay apart, social uh, media has, I think, caused a lot of damage in regard to people when it text. They, you know, to actually touch people, I think, in our culture is being harder and harder to do. It's, it, yeah, and I think the 
dehumanizing your enemies, yes. you know, quote unquote enemies. Yeah. And, you know, we are being taught to yeah. to look at people, everything in black and white. There's yeah. no middle ground. You know, you're either for something or against yes. something. Yes, in such and division, if you don't think like I do, you're not a good person. You're not even human. Whereas I mean, we're entitled to have opinions. We should have our own opinions. Yeah. Yeah. I hope we can get past that. It's probably one of the worst, uh, um, probably the worst things about today that I that I dislike yeah. the dehumanizing people for, with different opinions yeah. and um, not being accepting. That's why I kind of like what you're doing with the jar. Mm. You're you're giving people a voice. You're you're actually going around letting people know, you know, wow, you have a voice. What you say matters. It, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, your story matters. That's and, that's the thing that I thought was so awesome with this. Yeah. And your and your beliefs are based on who you are and your life and mm-hmm. your story. Mm-hmm. And and that doesn't make your story wrong. Right. Or bad. It, it's just who you are and yeah. it's based on your life. Yeah. And so I think I want to highlight that. that yeah. Everybody's got a different view on life and it's based on your story. Yeah. And That's the questions sure. can help us kind of understand who you are and why you think the way you do. Yes. And it's your story, and that becomes your belief system. doesn't make it wrong. Right. And doesn't make you a bad person. Right. No. Can't be that judgmental. There's only it's, one, I think for you, somebody, there's only one person that can judge people. Yeah. Well, yeah. At least at the end. Yes. And, you know, what people go through, that's the reality and how this they is, handle yeah, yeah. it. You yes. know, their reality may not be my reality, but to them it's, this is what I've gone through. You know, maybe I don't understand it, but that doesn't make it less real for them. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hope we can do a little bit of that with the jar. Yeah. Do you, oh, sorry. I was thought, do you have an open heart? What's an open heart? What's an open heart? Yeah, a little bit different than the other. Usually the question, yeah. I, this one's interesting because usually we get the, do you have an open heart? Mm-hmm. But this one is a little bit different. Okay, what's an open heart? Mm. This is a good one for me because I think through the years I've had to learn, I've had to learn to have an open heart. Um, I think through things that I've been through, I there was a point that I think my heart was closed. In fact, after my divorce, um, I stayed single for 12 years and raised my children. And it's funny because I always said I will not, never get married again. And then this uh, man <laughs> came into my life. <laughs> this damn man. Uh, this damn man. And honestly, he totally changed everything. Yeah. And I think what's an open heart because he actually helped me to open my heart back up. He truly did. And um, what's an open heart is a heart that is willing to receive love, not stay closed. Um, because even with mm. with myself, I had convinced myself. And, and I have to say, I was content. I was very content. Um, in fact, when I met him, it kind of messed me up because I'm like, what is going on here? But when I think about it, he definitely opened my heart. So what's an open heart? It is a heart willing to take risk. It's a heart willing to be vulnerable. 
it's a heart willing to not only receive love, but, but also to give love. It's a really healthy heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that just reminds me of healthy. We, I talk about this a lot about, you know, loving yourself, loving yeah. others, accept, yes. accepting love. Yes. Um, and that's truly an open heart. Yeah. And then I think the last part, maybe your husband had this part, which is teaching others to love. Oh, gosh, yes. Yes. And that's... He was a teacher, and he was... Yeah. This is an amazing... And, and the thing of it is, yeah, he actually, honestly... I think from him, I, I learned what love was. I truly do. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how some people end up in our lives. Yeah. Um, but also interesting why some, you know, why people are taken away. Yeah. Mystery for sure. Yeah. Mystery for sure. But I, I yeah. want to bring something yeah, yeah, up yeah, from that. It's funny you even mentioned that because <clears throat> somebody later after the funeral had given me a gift for my husband. It's actually, they bought a star for him. And because he impacted, it was somebody that went to our church. Because he impacted them so much, they named the star love. You know how you can buy a star up there? Yeah. They did that. And I got the you know certificate and everything. And they give it to me, and, and they explained why they did that. And that's what they named the star love in behalf of my him. husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A teacher, of, a teacher yes. of love. Yes. Not everybody can get there. Oh, wow. We're on the love kick. Oh, I love my can love. Can we teach how to love? Yeah, I love the love. Oh, oh We just cra- talked about that, that's yes. A, what a crazy question. Yeah. So can we teach how to love? Yeah. That's one thing my husband did. If anything... It's a bit of a God wink. Of a God, I call this a God wink. Yes, because our, even coming into our church, the thing we wanted to impress is that everybody who come into our church would feel loved. No matter who you are, you would feel loved. We are there just to love the person. God is the one who changes the person. But, you know, it, love covers a a multitude of sins and love can do things that hate can never do. You know, you can Mm. treat a person bad and, you know, I'll I'll just give an example, a biblical, if that's okay. Sure. Absolutely. Um, You know, I think of Jesus when that woman was caught in the act of adultery, you know, they wanted to stone her and everything. And, you know, God is like, or Jesus is like, let the first one without sin cast the first stone, you know, nobody could do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like line up. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're free, if you haven't done anything wrong, you have, have a go, you get yes. the first pick and no one can stand. Yeah. But the thing that impacted me the most with that, the, the woman um, who, who was going through that, she already expected everybody to get at her, to hate her, to, to, um, you know, to throw the stones, to, she expected the punishment, the judgment. Yes, yeah, yeah. And here you have Jesus saying, showing her love, really. You know, he, he protected her, I felt. He did not cast the stone at her. 
you know, he just basically go and sin, don't do this again, you know, learn from this. Mm. But he treated her respectfully. He treated her with love. And I think that made more of an impact on her than if she would have got what she expected, you oh, know. For sure. And I think that would have just tore her down more and caused more problems. But I think when you um, teach others what love is and how to love, it can truly change things. What a powerful example, too. Yeah. Um, let's keep going. Okay. Tell me what you want to let go of, the one thing you want to forget and forgive. Wow. Hmm. Uh, that's a tough one. I think having gone through this journey, I, I think I have learned to forgive and forget forget a lot of things because it's it's the only way that I can go forward. <sighs> what do I want to let go of? That's tough because where I'm at with, honestly, I want to let go of grief. Yeah, you must be tired of grief by now. But I, I don't know if I can do that yet. But I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. I don't know if I can truly answer that. But I think I put a lot of my past behind me. I do. Um, and, you know, I thought, you know, moving forward in the future, I had it figured out. Obviously, I don't now. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that's that I don't know if I can really answer that. I'm just being yeah. honest. That, no, that's right. tough. That's a tough one. You're in the I mean you're too in the middle of it now to to let to feel like it's been hanging on long. You're you're it's too fresh. Yeah. 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 I think the you know you're you're still in the middle of the of the grief part. It's... This is interesting. Does God have faith in us? Does God have faith in us? This is a fine line. Does God have faith in us? I think God knows our timeline before we even come to earth. God knows our timeline. He honestly, what happened, what I'm going through now did not take him by surprise mm. because he already knew, he knows my whole timeline already before I even got yeah, here. Yeah. So when you think about that, it blows your mind. Um, does he have faith in us? Faith is a strong word because I personally think I want to be careful what I have faith in, okay. you know, because... I think, wow, this is a tough, because my, like you can have superficial faith, like I have faith when I sit down in this chair. I believe when I sit down, it's it's going to hold me up yeah. and it's going to be there. But that, that ain't the same as faith. Um, does God have faith in us? I think God knows who he created us to be. I think God 
knows the path or the purpose he has in our life. A lot of people yeah. aren't even aware that they have a purpose in life. And I think God, I don't know if, if faith is the word as much as he l has the love for us. Um, gosh. Well, I like it. You've got a really good internal. Or he has the confidence in us that if we listen to what he tells us, we will get to where he wants us to be. Like he, it says he will, you know, he guides our steps. He guides the steps of the righteous man, but I think he also guides steps to get to that place. You know, because you righteous. have to get a, yeah. you have to get to a place, you know, where you accept him to, um, you know, to accept him as your Lord and Savior. But if he knows our whole timeline, that's a tough one because he already knows what we're going to do. It's like he he knows, like even me and my husband would talk about, we can't really disappoint God because he already knew we were going to do that. But he made a way for us to get through that. You know, yeah. but we have to follow his directions. We have to follow what he wants us to do to go in the right place. I think a lot of times we'll take detours, whether it's our fault or we simply don't want to listen, you know, and it leads us down this road instead of this road. The right. But gosh, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but faith i don't know i if like I the struggle though you're i mean you're really yeah trying to get at the at the question it's interesting you're you're turning it into can 10 i see questions. can i can i look something up absolutely yeah, i want to sure. actually see i do this a lot i want to see what the definition of faith is because it's fun because you're really i mean what you know what is it what looks like a simple question you're mm -hmm. You're, you're, I'm making it difficult. You're, you're putting it. You're putting it in a blender, and you're turning it into into a million questions. Okay, faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And when I think of faith, my I think of faith going to the Creator, to the God. Mm. So for yes. God to have faith in yes. me is kind of turning the table, and it's like honestly. It's almost like sacrilegious. Uh, God, you're not going to have faith in me. But when you think of it as, does he have confidence I can do this? Does he? I think God is my biggest cheerleader. He's your biggest cheerleader. And right? it's like, I think I would say confidence more than faith. Okay. If that makes sense. I like it. Yeah. That was a fun. Boy, that was a fun going around and around and around, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess shared shared a viewpoint of the questions the other day, I, I, and it stuck with me, which is the facets. Yeah. You know, the different facets. And that was a real good example of mm -hmm. you looking at it, mm -hmm. you know, from the underside, the mm -hmm. sideways, going, looking on top, underneath the question, looking up, trying to find mm -hmm. where it made sense for you. Yeah. Uh, and this is a fun part, is everybody has a different interpretation mm -hmm. of the questions. And that was a great example of, of somebody <laughs> kind of looking and trying to figure out what is the question yes. or for me, to yeah. you, what does it mean yeah. to you as a question? That's great. Yeah. And then I love it finishes with, let's look it up on the dictionary. 
just to confirm just to kind of give some confirmation to your thoughts oh wow these are tough questions can you say i love you to someone right now oh to my children to stuff like that yeah yeah i can I yeah think that's kind of what it is is who, yeah who, who, who's in your tribe that you can say yes, i love you but i do think it's thrown around so so much that I I think to say that you know it's weird it, it is thrown around like you'll meet somebody and like love you you know and it's like when I say those words mm, you know you can means say something I'm, different for you yeah it's like I you know yeah to me it's like I I think saying I love you is taking very casual um you know we love pizza we love this we love it's like you love everything you you meet friends oh love you and and there's the agape love that you be uh um uh, yeah you know you love yes, so to love you want to be careful um <clears throat> It's weird. I think when I think of things like that, I'll say love you, but not put the I. Because I think when you put the I love you, it makes it more personal. So I think when I say I love you, it it's like for my family, my okay, my husband. Makes sense. My, I think you make it more personable. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Not that you don't love somebody in the friend sense too yeah. there's so many different forms of love there's many different forms mm -hmm. of love yeah and i think this is the the reality we use it in so many different ways yeah yeah and so i think there's, a, there's different kinds of love yeah but can i say it yeah i i tell my kids that yeah, yeah. same yeah and mean it yeah and well that's a good kind of love kid love yeah well, I'm getting some good ones. Wow. These are good questions, actually. They're very good questions. Thank you. Is tomorrow the destination or part of the journey? Yes. That's all I can say, yes. Honestly, what does tomorrow look like? I have no idea. It's not what I imagined it to look like. So, I, yeah, you've already got a messed up. Your tomorrows were vastly different. Yes. Um, but I know who holds my tomorrow. Okay. And knowing that um, I'm able to take that step, it's like, um, you know, it's almost like you're walking around a bend, but you don't know, you don't know where that bend's going, but you just keep walking. And knowing that I know who holds my tomorrow, I know that that he knows my destiny. He knows my destination. He knows where I'm going to go from here. I truly don't. I have no clue. Except that I'm going to walk in faith, you know. But are you angry at God for taking your husband? Oh, at first, yeah. At first, in fact, um. Because you're on a journey. You had a plan, right? And you had, and now you're, the way you describe it, yeah. you're on his plan. I have to admit, um, at first, very angry. And I'm like, I felt let down. Yeah, I did. Because you've done ministry. It's you've done like, only Lord, good. 
we were doing everything. Yeah. You know, even praying, we honestly, we have seen healings. We've seen miraculous healings. So I truly, I truly was believing my husband would walk out of the hospital. Our church was truly believing. We had friends praying for us. I mean, we had friends, even Africa, um, you name it, different countries, United States. We, we had so many people praying for him. And it's funny because I, I started writing my journey like I've been sharing on Facebook my journey. Okay. And um, because I'm one to write is easier. Like I'll write music. I'll write. Um, sometimes writing is easier to get things out. And it's like as I do that, I think through, th- through this process. Um, I'd be lying if I... I didn't say I was mad. I was mad at first, yes. I would, ima- I would be mad. Because it caught me so off guard because I didn't expect it. Please. But I do know he is still God. This didn't take him by surprise. Did he provide for us? You know what's crazy? The, the whole time I was up there, he provided. God provided through other people my means to survive financially. If anything, he showed me I'm taking care of you. Um, I wasn't working. I quit working December 1st to be with my husband through this, not knowing how long a journey it would uh, yeah, be. Yeah, and or how you'd pay for it. And it's like, it's amazing because it, it's, it's just amazing in itself how God provided using other people and just, just how things worked out. It's just, I know it was a God thing. So I know he's, he's provided for me. He's taken care of me. Um, I think he's given me a strength that even I didn't know I had. Um, it's, uh, I'm not angry at him now. I think I'm angry at some of the medical things that have happened, and I have issues with some that I'm dealing with, um, things that I don't think were right. And um, even be a nurse, I was shocked at I used to work in a hospital years ago, but I do home health now. Okay. And um, and I, I like that because it's flexible with our schedule, with the church and everything. But coming back into the hospital setting after so many years of being out, I, I honestly was shocked because you have very little say in your health care now. You have very little say in what you can do. It's like they have to follow the hospital protocol. Like you don't even have a say in your doctor. You don't have a say in your medicine. You don't have a say. It it it, it bothered me there. Mm. Um, That's not good. So I have, I think that I've kind of switched my anger over mm. in a different area when I look at the full picture. But as for even my husband going through this battle, I also know he was getting tired. And I don't know his secret conversations with God. Maybe he's like, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm tired. And sometimes I have to think in that point, too. You know, God's not going to override my will for his will. You know, he's... Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it's because he's... Yeah. If he's tired, but yeah. then it comes to the question, 
why wasn't he healed? Why did he get it in the first place? One thing I'm learning, there's going to be questions I may not have um, answers to. I may never get answers to them. Um, but I have to trust the process of what God's doing. Do you, do you feel... Do you feel the weight of fulfilling what you and your husband started? You know, because now you're you're the one left. Oh yes. So what do you? What's your purpose? What's your? Why you? Okay. Have you got to that question yet? Why me? I've, and what, I've thought what am about I supposed that. to do it's with like, this? It's like Lord, what do I do from here? And first of all, I know it. Even though we say. You know, me and my husband's ministry, it's not our ministry, it's his ministry. Okay. It's God's ministry. We are just vessels mm. that we're allowed to do it. We we got to do it. We got the privilege to do that. And um, can God still use me? I, I, I'm a true believer. Ministry is wherever your two feet is. Yeah. You know, it's wherever you're at. You, you can do ministry. So it's like my thought pattern to this and I've had time to think about it it's like Lord this is your ministry if you want it to continue it'll continue you will bring the people you will you will provide you mm. will you will put things in place you know if it's I honestly I would love to see it continue because it's honoring my husband's legacy and what he was about you know, he worked hard. Um, he, uh, you know, it was his life. Ignite, Ignite Ministries is what our ministry is in Ashland. Oh. And, um, you know, his dream, our ministry is to equip people to walk in the purpose that God had okay. given them. So, you know, you go to a lot of churches and people aren't taught you have purpose. You have gifts that God wants you to use. You're not meant to just sit on a pew and walk out the building and come back next week and sit down and walk. You know, there's more to this. You gotta do something. Yeah, it's like, you know, church is the body of people. It's, you know, in fact, I still have trouble. I'm going to church. No, you're going to a building where the church gather. You know, we're the people, we're the church not the building. And I think about this. A lot of people don't even realize, you know, they think, well, we'll go listen to the pastor. Only the pastor has gifts. They, a lot of people aren't even taught that they have gifts that God wants to use them. You know, he can use them in such powerful ways. So our, our job is to equip people to know who they are in Christ. Like usually if you have a passion for something, God put that in you. You know, it says he gives you the desires of your heart. And I think he plants those desires in you. Mm. And he He gives you that desire, that, that passion to go out and do something. So a lot of people don't know what to do. So our, our job is to not only, you know, teach them about the Lord, but, you know, God can use you. You know, you have gifts. You have things that the Lord has put in you mm -hmm. to be used for. You don't have to just sit here, that you are valuable to his kingdom. And, you know, let them know, and, and then we try to help them. Like we've had people think they're, they can teach, and you gotta be careful, it's a fine line. 
Yes. Because you got to make sure that gifting is for them because you can get a lot of people saying this and that and you find out, whoa, this this isn't good. You know what I mean? But you got to be careful too. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just need to be mentored and to be able to walk through that. Yes. They're not Agreed. taught. You know, you're in church and you, and you're taught to serve the church. Yeah, you are in the pastor. In the and building. Sometimes, sometimes even happens to pastor mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a corrupt kind of a yeah, it, it can be abused. It I've abused, seen it abused. Right? It feels abused. But at the same time, you know, let the people find out that they're a son and daughter of, of Christ first. Once you can establish their identity and who they are in Christ, you know, they're going to learn more about that, you know, before anything. Mm-hmm. Before you get a title, before you start serving, you need to, we feel they need to realize who they are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So they have that foundation. And they can stand because what are you going to do if you're in a church and you have all these titles? Honestly, somebody takes your title away. They don't know what to do. Like now, what do I do? A lot of people, you know, to me, the titles are so important as you're his son, you're Mm -hmm. his daughter. And that means you have a lot of benefits that go with that. You know, not only just salvation, that's the beginning of things, but there's so much, there's so much more involved in that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. Interesting. Let's keep going. There's some good ones. What does manifestation mean to you? Mm. What does manifestation mean? Um. Gosh manifestation again i it's funny because i think of it in the spiritual sense yeah okay. so i'm gonna go there you go, yeah you go where you f- um go to your deep go to your comfortable waters it's like i'm just going to use an example manifestation you know okay when when you become a christian you ask the Lord into your heart. So he lives inside of you. He's in you, right? Um, an example is being manifestation. Like, let's say at our church, you know, we, we believe, we know Christ is there. You know, we, but I believe his presence can manifest even more like during worship or whatever it's like when you're worshiping it's it's almost like manifesting his presence to make it greater like i think because you become more aware of it when you manifest something it almost makes me want to look it up um i love it very interesting where you like you bringing some manifesting well he's already here yeah yeah but a lot of times we we don't acknowledge it we don't we're not focused on it you're not we don't focus on it it's like your mind's everywhere else and when you think manifestation it's like i and that's the only best way i can think of to to give an example because it's like when you know you're in that atmosphere it it manifests it does change the the atmosphere you it manifests his presence where 
I think that's how you can see the miraculous happen, that you can see things happen. It's like, I can't explain it. You're bringing it. You know, typically the man, the, this question has led to a lot of times about thinking about something you want to have happen in the future, right? To, to mm-hmm. kind of create an image in your mind and to try to bring something into your future, right? To bring something to you mm-hmm. or to pull you in a direction or push you into a direction and, or to bring the world to kind of the universe to help make something happen. Um, It's like you become, I think in awareness, you become more aware of something because it, when it manifests it, I think it becomes greater. Yeah. You're, but you're the way you're looking at it again, your facet is very unique because you're, you're talking about bringing something into you today. Now, Right, you're in the church, and you've mm-hmm. got God in your soul, and mm-hmm. you're trying to illuminate that mm-hmm. and manifesting in the present. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the manifestation has been explained as something in the future. So I'm, I'm fascinated because His presence, when when it is manifested, it's really tangible. I, yeah, this is a this is interesting because I've never this definition is a really unique way of looking at it. And that's the I that's. The best way I have to look at it. It's something that's already there, and you're trying to bring it to you in the present. Wow. I, I like it. It almost makes. Can I look it up? A yeah, absolutely. Let's look mind? it up. Because it's going to bug are, me. Yeah, these are fun. I mean, this is a great way to do it: is to pontificate, share your your kind of your gut, <laughs> and then look up the definition and kind of go, okay, does that make sense? I wonder if it does have a present. That's what I'm trying to find out. I'm curious if it, if there is a, a... Okay, yeah. It's interesting. Manifest. Clear or obvious to the eye or mind. Um, to display... That's as an adjective. As a verb, display or show. A quality of feeling by one's acts or appearance to demonstrate. Yeah. You're not wrong. That's for sure. Yeah, readily perceived by the senses, and especially by the sense of sight. Huh. Yeah. So it is funny. It's the first time we've got the definition right. Yeah. In a, in a, <laughs> in a different and, way. And, and I would have thought 100% I would, I mean, for me, manifestation is really about bringing things to the future. And I think. Concentrating today. When you said that, it brings something else to light to me. You know, it says life and death is in your tongue, what you speak. So it's kind of like, you know, you hear people like, oh, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm that. And I think... Oh, that's a manifestation. Yes, that's manifesting negative things that manifest as, you know, manifest, I don't know if that's a word, but it manifests other things, whereas you speak life to somebody or to yourself it manifests good things. Does yeah, that make I, sense? I feel great. I look great. But I think it's I'm, important the yeah. words you speak because you bring life to those words. You bring life to the words. Well, I'll never look at the question this I'll never look at that question <laughs> the same way. <laughs> Belinda, you're awesome. Oh, that's really good. Can we accept love from another if we haven't found self love? Um, Back to the what we talked about earlier, about you know loving 
those different components of love, self-love and teaching love, loving yourself, loving others. Yeah, because we're to love others like God loves us, and we're to love ourselves so we can love others. Huh, okay. But when you look at it, when I look at it in the world, can we, you accept love from another? I think there's so much distorted love. There's a lot of warped love in this world. Yeah. But they think it's love. I, I think anybody can accept love, but it isn't necessarily the right love, if that makes sense, the way it was intended to be. Because I think it's so distorted today. Hmm. You mean the word or the, because we talked about the way it's used. Um. It says, I'll do first. Can we accept love from another if we haven't found self-love? Let's just say it this way. If you haven't found self-love, I don't think you can have healthy love. Okay. Maybe that's a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, I, like, I, I think that's good. Yeah. You can still love the way you're capable to love, but it's not a healthy love. But when you truly have self-love and you're, you're, yeah. you're good in your own skin, I think you're able to, to love better. I, I think that's... I think it's 100%. Mm -hmm. you, you have to find self-love to mm -hmm. find healthy relationships. Yeah. I mean, if you're not in a good place with yourself, yep. your love is never going to be healthy love. Right, right. It's going to come from a needy place. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's try and keep going. Okay. We've been going about an hour. Okay. And uh, we'll keep going for, for a bit more. We'll just kind of slowly find one of those good wrap-up questions. When was the last time I was violent? <laughs> this is a shout out to my brother, Mike. Uh, this is his question. It's from the Pink Floyd album. It's from a making of the Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, okay. So there was a, it was a question. I remember that. Yeah, so there's a question where they asked and they had wow. different guests come in. When was the last time you were violent? I'm not a violent person by nature. I, most of us aren't really. And I'm trying to think. But violence wow. could be any kind of a yeah. word. It could be a, it doesn't have to be physical violence. It could be thought violence or. Last time you were violent. Well, being mad at the Lord when my husband passed away would have to be, yeah. if you want to put it that way. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair definition. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I. You're not, you don't strike me as a really violent person. Yeah. <laughs> Although I've had some people who I could have, could have answered that. Um, just to recall faith, uh, my, one of my guests in, um, Columbus, she was talking about being violent. She was, she was no, no, um, no stranger to getting violent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. She was interesting. She was a fun guest, but wow. real life. Yeah. You know, she grew up in South central LA. Yeah. So I had a couple guests in a row with, they were familiar with violence. Yeah. In the house, on the street, in life. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a fun question. We took it out. <laughs> Are we just a speck in the giant universe or do we play a bigger part? Mm. 
yes and no. I think we can be a speck because the universe is so big that yeah. we're, we're, we can be a speck. Yeah, I guess we are a speck. Right? But There's do no... we have a bigger part? Absolutely. Okay. So it, it's weird to say that because, yes, we're a speck in a giant universe, but we also have a bigger part to play. Mm. There's a reason we're this speck. We're, there's a reason that we're here in this day and time. There is a reason um, for where I, I think there's, a, there's probably a reason I'm even here today. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's like. Yeah, why did we meet? Yeah, because, yeah, it's like when, I'll, I'll even explain that. When I saw that on there, I'm like, this is interesting. What is this? And I and I looked at it and I seen that because it's like it's it's actually out of my character because to do this mm -hmm, absolutely yeah like you said you're kind of an introvert I am but I'm also learning life is short and you got to take risk you know um, I I honestly don't know why I'm doing this I'll be honest but I just know, felt compelled to yes yeah. And I'll I was surprised when you told me how your husband just passed. Yes. I mean, this is a really, I'm, Yes. even I wondered, wow, why would you? I why? don't know. I, I just truly felt don't like you know. had to do it. Yeah. I know it don't make sense. Well, it's been great. So, I mean, you've been, I yeah. think this has been amazing. And you've, I think your story will give a lot of people courage in a, that are in a tough spot. I hope so. Um Maybe that's why you're doing it. You're you're a giver. I mean, you're like I said, this is a bit of ministry in a way. Yeah. Showing other people that you can lose somebody and you can still walk in life I and think still share. My knowing if you knew my husband, the biggest legacy I can do to honor him is to keep going. If that means anything. I I think that makes a lot of sense to me. He, it's funny, he's took an introvert, mm -hmm. really turned you into somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Powerful. Okay. It's a good question, too. These are great questions. Whoever come up with them, I mean, they're really amazing. I'd say genius. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, they're really good question. Um, a lot of you. thought into them. Yeah, so they come from the book. So I wrote the book, Dear God. Oh, okay. And it's kind of a spiritual journey. Um, and it was me asking God questions or, or sharing my ideas. Interesting. Sharing my ideas about these topics with God. Um, and uh, that was the, the premise of the idea. So the, God, the letters are all, Dear God, what is this interesting and and so i took the book and just wrote the questions around the book um and this is kind of what came out okay that's so neat yeah so there there's there's a purpose i mean there's yeah. a there's a structure to it and, and some continuity uh, but thank you for the compliment yeah. I, think I'm, I am falling in love with the questions yeah too. they're really good make you think it for sure makes you think What's the biggest thing holding you back from being the person you were made to be? Fear. I think... Um, I think it's so common. Fear. 
because there's so many things. And that's another thing I have to bring up with my husband. Boy, he would help you get through that because to me, he was the most fearless person I knew. You know, he goes, we just got to do it. You know, don't think about it. Just do it. You know, and I, I think that's when I jumped even thinking about, no, just do it. If I feel compelled, I'm going to do it. Um, but I think fear holds so many people back. Um, yeah. Fear. Um, fail, uh, that you're going to fail something, that mm. you're not good enough. Um, and even though, even though I'm doing things, I, I still question, Lord, am I being effective? Am I, am I good enough? But one thing I'm learning, if this is what you're calling me to do, it may yeah. not be this person. Comparison is also, if you start comparing yourself to other people, you are in trouble because mm. you weren't created to be that person. You are created to be your unique person. And if you want to compare yourself to anybody, one thing, like Jeff would tell me, we need to compare ourselves to be like him. We're always saying, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. I and want to like, do what no, they... No. And if anything, you know, just just be who you are. you got to learn to be comfortable in who you are and not compare because I think fear and comparison are your two greatest enemies if you let it be. And I think if you can get past fear, because I still do things afraid. I was nervous coming here today, but I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I, I, I mean. You really no idea what to expect, right? No, no. And you don't know what you're walking into. But it's like, I, I just feel, if I feel I'm being called to go this direction, I'm, even you if go. you're scared, you have to do it. I think fear is really one of those paralyzing things for people. Mm -hmm. And I think when we think of how amazing we can be as mm -hmm. humans, mm -hmm. right? How powerful the gifts we have, mm -hmm. the fear of being that person, mm -hmm. right? Being the potent, the yeah. really the, per the person we're capable of being. Yeah. It can terrifying. be scary. It is. It's terrifying. And who wants to commit to that? Who's got the the fearlessness? Even me, for I'm I'm terrified of what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, because I think too, like, let's say you're you get past that fear and you do things. I think when you do things, there even comes more responsibility, and it's like, okay, it could be a fear of responsibility. If you do do what you're supposed to, yeah, absolutely. Become then you become more people rely on you, more people yeah. look to you. You've got a heavier weight. Are you willing to carry that? Yeah. Can you live up to the responsibility of being who you're capable of? It was terrifying. Yeah. I mean that's paralyzing. Yeah, that's a tough one too. Yeah. But at the same time, do you want to let them hold you back? Maybe. It's more comfortable, less scary. I, I can just be who you know, a lesser person, and no one's gonna know. Yeah. But me and God, maybe. Yeah. Oh no, I think, I think, I don't know. Sometimes that's hard to settle for too. I, I'm. This is something that spins it. This this kind of the question's really good. Yeah, because. 
I think if you want to, I you there's ways to look at it. If you want to stay in a comfortable, safe zone, then you let all that stuff hold you back. But then you think if you're willing to take chances, who knows what's down? You know what I mean? Oh, the the wonderment the wonderment of what's possible yeah. is what propels people forward, right? Is that, mm-hmm. that you know there is something beautiful there that. Like your husband. Yeah. You don't know. Just fearless. Do it. Yeah. Do it. You don't know where it's going to lead. Yeah. We're at a good spot, Belinda, take a, to, to do some closing, some okay. thoughts. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I usually have some, some prompts. Okay. I can give you some prompts, and then you can really go. Those will either be the idea, or you'll take you somewhere else. Okay. Um. So I'm thinking of, you know, a couple of hard, hard topics. Um, One is maybe a a message to the church, the people Mm -hmm. looking and seeing, you know, what's happened and your view and what your experience is and, you know, what a message you'd share from your husband. um, If he had a chance, what you think he would say, Um, what would you say to him? You know what would you, what, what would you thank him for? Mm, um, what would you pray he gives you? Um, a message. Maybe those are two pretty good ones, or just a message. Your feelings on the. Mm. You know, gosh, if I could do it without crying. Um. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Oh, no, no. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it is a good one. It's, um, if I get off track, let me know, okay? I'm thinking that the best message, like, for what we were about as a husband and wife, in the bottom line of what we're, we're even about is running that race, you know, that race of life and making it to the finish line. And when you're when you're a believer, what is that finish line? To make it to heaven. That you run the race, you won. You my, won. My husband won the race. He cheated though. <laughs> he got there first, he I know. Did. He cheated. He got there first. But the bottom line is that that's the whole purpose of giving your life to Christ. You want you want to live forever with him you know that's what our purpose is and i mean like our goal not purpose our goal yeah yeah. um so it's like if anything um repeat the question i want to make sure i don't get off track i'm sorry yeah no it's okay it's okay it's oh sorry so it was a, a message you know a message to your husband yeah um either a either a thank you Mm-hmm. Or um, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Thank you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or a message even um, to the church, kind of a combination of what he would say, you know, what he who he yeah. was, and we covered some of that about his his yeah. strength of of do it. I I like what you're saying about um, he won the race, so maybe maybe his. You know, maybe he did everything he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, my selfish side, I, I hear what you're saying because, you know, my selfish side is like, but you shouldn't have gone yet. Because, because you, yeah, you, that's you, my you weren't side. done with him. But honestly, if I truly love my husband, I'm so glad he's You're so he's happy, at. right? Because he would not want to be anywhere else. Honestly, I don't, I don't think he would want to come back. Because what he's experiencing now can't even compare. We don't even know what it's like. I mean, there's nothing this earth can compare it to. And I know he wouldn't come back, but I would have to thank him for opening my eyes for what true love is, um, opening my eyes to see myself in a different way, um, to he, like I said, he was my encourager. He was my um, my cheerleader. You can do this. Um, he, he believed in me and what I was capable of. Um, so the best thing I can do and that I would want to even speak to the church about is, you know, we talk about faith. We talk about, you know, honestly, it's easy to love God. It's easy to be the, the believer, the Christian, whatever you want to say, you know, but to walk the walk, can you walk it in the hard times? Is God still God when when your world falls apart, when when your best friend is gone, when you have so much loss? Is is he still God? Yes. Um, if anything, to the church, I would have to say, you know, if my husband impacted you, and you know from what people have spoke to me he he has touched so many people it's like um then we need to walk the walk that mm -hmm. he has shown shown right. us right. you know taught us you know how to walk that walk to be more christ-like to be more um to really i guess to walk it in the hard time that's when i think the rubber hits the road do you still believe do you still trust um it it's a fine line but the best thing i can do to thank my husband and show him thank you is to to keep walking in the steps that even though he's still with me he's still beside me in a different way but i'm i'm still we still have the same vision i still what it looks mm. like i mean we still have the same vision and I don't know how God's going to do it, but I'm, I'm going to honor my husband and still walk that walk and, you know, do what God called us to do. But it's going to look different, if that makes sense, because yeah, he's, you, It's going to look different. It's yeah. going to be different. Um, and God's not done with you. No, no. I know that. I know that. Is that exciting? I mean, are you kind of like the mystery of knowing what you're supposed to do? And you haven't seen it yet? Or maybe it's there? It's weird. <clears throat> it's exciting, but it's disappointing because, like I said, you know, 
me and my husband have talked. We've had plans. You know, we it was exciting to share that vision with him and, and see things, how mm. they played out and stuff. And um, it... I, I don't know. You still I, have to mourn him, and you have to mourn your dreams, right? Are broken. Yeah, my dreams are not our, our dreams anymore. Yeah. And that, but yet, I want him to be our dreams, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, still. Um, wow. Um, I just know there's something in me that can't give up. I, I feel the Lord has given me a backbone. Um, I, he's, a, he's a big God. He's a great God. And it's hard to settle for the mediocre. Does that make sense? And I, I don't know. Kind of disappointing, right? You can't put in a beat. You can't put in a C effort. But, I mean, I, I honestly, like I say a lot of times, to be continued. Oh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And you're okay with that? I don't have a choice. <laughs> I think you've got this. Yeah, yeah, you don't have a choice. But you, well, you. I mean, you could be on. But you I seem can, you seem to have accepted it, and you seem to be okay with it in a way. I'm in the process of trying to of trying accept, accept it. it. Okay. Trust me, I have my days. I, I'm surprised. Um, I'm holding it up as well as I'm doing right now, to be honest with you. But I have my days where. It it's um very tough to get through the day, you know. I'm not gonna lie, but um, I know that I have to keep going. To say I accept it is hard because I'm still working that out. Yeah, it's not truth yet. And you don't want it to be truth, even though you know it's looking at you in the face. You don't want it to be your truth. I can imagine. Any words of any words of advice somebody going through something just like you're going through? Yeah, um word of advice is um know that no matter where you're at there's still a tomorrow. You have to hold on to you're going to have a bad day. You're going to have a a moment where it seems so unbearable, but don't let that define your life. Don't let that experience define the rest of your life. Um, you have to keep moving forward, that you still have things to offer. And the best way you can honor that person, if you're going through grief, the best way you can honor that person is to, to live and bring them back to life and things they might have showed you things they might have taught you to continue to talk about them and who they were in your life and and just keep going because they would not want you to fall in that pit. And um, it's an easy pit to fall into. Um, if you have to, start going to grief counseling. I, I, I just started a grief counseling oh, that's group great. Mm -hmm, a week ago. Um, if you have to... You know, reach out to people, even if it's not your character. But whatever you do, know that tomorrow, there's always a tomorrow. Don't don't give up on that. Mm. Belinda, thank you so much for sharing. You're an amazing person. Thank Adopted 
sister, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you saved your two sisters. They came for you. Oh, that's true. I never thought about that. Um, wow. <clears throat> Not everybody meets the whole family, finds yeah. the father. Yeah. Found love eh, twice. Yeah. Once, maybe the yeah. first time, not so sure, but it was love at some point. Yeah. Um, and you have great kids out of it. Oh, wonderful kids. Yes. Right? And you, you know, a result of that, you became a nurse and probably impacted a lot of lives. I hope so. Um, and then became doing ministry. Yeah. And you're only 50, 40, 49? I'm, that, that's, yeah. I, I'm older than that, but we'll okay. leave it. Okay, you're we'll right around 50. That. Well, I'll settle for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're great. You're a beautiful fifty. <laughs> Thank you. And um, and you got a lot more in store. Yeah, and your yeah. journey, like you said, to be continued. And yeah. I love that. What a great phrase. Yeah. To be continued. Yeah. Well, let's keep in touch so we can continue to know the story. Okay. Um, that's one of the things we're doing. Yeah. Is I stay in touch with the guests. Okay. So we'll stay in touch. Yeah. And I want to hear your journey, and you know, who knows where, you know, where you'll be. Yeah. Um, and who other people will listen to this story uh, and reach out and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll keep the story alive. Let's keep the story of your husband alive and um, and the good things that he did. Yeah. Thanks so much. He, yeah. And he was a great person. I mean, I there's uh, not enough words that I could use to describe mm. him. Definitely a one of a kind. Irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. It's beautiful. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Jar. Thanks for supporting um, and helping us find stories like Belinda's and um, your husband's name? Jeff. Jeff. Mm-hmm. So stories like Jeff's. Yeah. Um, and, you know, beautiful lives, a little bit gone too soon, mm-hmm. but yet, you know, we can tell the story. Yeah. And follow the story, like I said, to be continued. Yes. Uh, please do go to the website, register, um, put in your, your email so you can follow along with follow-ups uh, from, from guests like Belinda. And um, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Jar. If you would like to be one of our guests, please email thejarguest at gmail.com or follow our journey on your favorite social media platforms. See you all on the road.